we want to treat a topic that I believe that um, most of us, if not all of us, are guilty of. We'll read the passage from the scriptures first, and I will have you guess what that topic is. Can you turn with me to the book of James? James chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. James chapter 2. 1 to 13. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there shall come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, and there shall also come in a poor man in filthy clothes. And you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, You sit here in a good place. And say to the poor man, You stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well, but if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law of transgressors. For whoever will keep the old law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he, for he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you are, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak, and so do as thou, as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen. You know the topic now? You can guess. 
partiality or favoritism. It's not really, it's favoritism. Favoritism. Favoritism is defined as partiality or bias. To show favoritism is to give preference to one to one person over others even though they stand with equal claims. They are on the same plane. Their claims are similar. But you decide to favor one over the other. It is similar to discrimination which may be based on conditions such as social class, wealth, apparel, appearance, actions, relations, etc., and so on and so forth. There are so many passages in the, in the Bible that actually will show us the character of God. And I believe that if we are the children of God, we must show the same character. As I'm speaking now, it is possible that even before we came in, we had shown partiality in one way or another. But let's see some of the characteristics, characters of God that um, you know, would tell us about what we call partiality or favoritism. Romans 2.11 Romans 2.11 says simply, for there is no partiality with God. So simple. There is no partiality with God. Do you know a passage that actually tells us this according to the you know, teachings of Jesus Christ? I found one in the book of Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, um, beginning from verse 45, Matthew 5, 45, it says that, that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. That is the character of God. Do you think actually that God cannot withhold rain upon the evil one? They may be side by side in the same farm. Side by side. And rain will be falling on the rich, on the, on the just one and there will be no rain. On the evil one. God can do it. If you know very well that um, he did it for Gideon in the sense that uh, Gideon was asking for you know, a dew to fall on uh, the sheep skin huh? and it fell on the sheep skin alone without any trace of it around it. Then he said, okay, do it the other way. Let the 
the wool be, be dry and let the other ground be wet. And what happened? It was done. But that is not the character of God when it comes to treating all his creation the way he would treat us. Then again, we see that um, in Colossians, or let's say Ephesians 4, Ephesians 6, 9, it says that, um, and you, masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Same thing is actually taught in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 25. I'll go on. Uh, at the end of that particular passage, God was telling us that we must be very careful how we do wrong, uh, what we do wrong. If you are a child of God and you do wrong, God will punish you. He will not withhold his punishment from you. You'll get what you deserve. David was a man after God's own heart. He got what he deserved. But like all of us who, who actually will turn to the Lord for forgiveness, God forgave him. If he had been so stiff-necked and so on, you know, he would have received many lashes. Now, in the book of James that we read, James chapter 2 says so, something about do not hold in faith uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. I see that as, you know, something that actually happened to Peter. If you are going somewhere and you see people around and you want to preach the gospel to, to, to them. Who do you go to? You want to go to somebody that you, 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 you are comfortable with. Is that true? Somebody who is neat, uh, who will not smell to you, and um, who actually you, you think you can talk on the same level with, and so on and so forth. But that is not what we are taught. Everybody deserves to hear the gospel. Now, I was told of a story about a pastor who was called by a particular church. The church did not do, know that pastor. Only those who actually um, sat to um, interact with him and so on and so forth knew the pastor. They just said that, oh, pastor is coming and he will be starting so, so and so. And he decided to dress you know, in a simple manner I think that church will be like Ikoi Baptist Church where you have, uh, you know, a lot of gold and, and silver and uh, these and diamond and so on and so forth, you know. And uh, he sat at the back. Actually, when he came in to the church premises, I don't know the type of car he drove in. It must actually, it must have actually camouflaged it. And uh, few people greeted him. And then he sat at the back and uh, People were avoiding him because they were looking and saying, who is this? We never knew this one, and um, it's not, 
it's not one of us and then when they announced that uh, um, church we are happy to have reverend doctor so 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 and so in our midst and uh, he will be coming up to assume uh, the, the position and uh, this is this uh, they were clapping and they were actually looking around you know clapping and looking around hey it's almost here and the man stood up and came to the front come and see they were ashamed of themselves and the pastor said i did what i did not because i don't have good apparel i did it in order to know your heart and i see that we have a lot to do to take us out of a mentality that judges people by their appearance children of god in the old testament we have similar instructions, if not even heavier. Leviticus 19.15 Leviticus 19.15 talks about, you know, you shall not, you shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In righteousness, you shall judge your neighbor. Now, this one can also be reversed, you know. There are some people, and it's so bad. We want to rule for the underdog. We want to actually be on the side of a lesser person in, against the, the, the mighty. And we think actually that we are doing you know, a good favor that God will even honor us by it. It's a lie. It's a lie. When you rule for the underdog and uh, you, 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 you want to side the person and uh, you clap for the person and uh, say, yes, we are, we, we are behind you, and so on and so forth, you are perverting justice. Hear both sides and be able to judge rightly. Apportion blame to whom whomsoever blame you know deserves we see here that you know God is saying to us we must do it fairly fairly I love what actually we have in uh, Exodus chapter uh, 23 1 to 9 but we're not going to read it when you get home I would like for you to read it and um, um, it is so so striking as to what man can do. But God hates injustice. Then again, in James chapter, one, chapter 2 that we read, I think verse 8 talks about the fact that partiality is sin. I want to see the passage that actually says so. Aha. Verse 9. But if you show partiality, verse 9, if you show partiality, you commit sin. And sin is sin. Favoritism is a, is a serious offense against God. And it says to us that what should be the guiding principle is to love our neighbors as our very self. What you cannot take from people, don't dish it out. 
But that is not the way Jesus Christ actually put it. He put it in a positive manner. Whatever you want others to do to you, do to them. When somebody has cheated you and people around you are supporting the one who cheated you, sincerely speaking, you feel bad. And I know that it's one of the sins that is plaguing us in Nigeria. The one who is in the right is wrong in the eyes of the society until we change. Hmm. I don't see any future for this country. Again, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 21, we see here what God is saying to church leaders. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. We see that in the church of God, huh? in the church of God, we still give preference to rich people. It may not be too glaring in Ikoi Baptist Church. And, um, uh, but I, 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 just, I believe that, um, you know, when I sit here and I see ushers leading some people to where they, they will sit, I want to see whether, you know, they do it right. And I've always seen that by the grace of God, they are doing it right. Doesn't matter how you are dressed and uh, whatever, they sit you down in a place that actually is vacant. And I thank God for that. But we must be very careful. I've not seen people standing up because somebody, you know, who they don't actually like the appearance of it, of, of him or her, you know, have stood up. I would have gone to them easily. But hey, don't do that. How do you feel? Some of us have traveled out. We've gone to Europe, to America, and so on and so forth. Go to some white churches and you see that when you sit on a bench, uh, you know, hardly will you find those people sit by your side. How do you feel? And you don't do that to anybody once you know that it is not right. Um, we thank God Almighty because Christ, in fact, John 3.16, John 3.16, for God so loved the Jews that he gave his only begotten son. Oh, okay. For God so loved the world. It is inclusive. God so loved the world. And when Peter had stood in the crowd and people came from diverse languages and, and cultures and, and everything and everybody became one, guess what? It did not sink in into Peter until you get to chapter 9 of Acts. God had to break him. The first minister to the Gentiles. God had to break him. Showed him a trance. 
I made him to know that whatever the, the Lord God Almighty has cleansed, no one should make it unholy. And another break, another breaking that God did for Peter was that when he got to the house of Cornelius, before he started preaching, what happened? The Holy Spirit came upon the people. And he was actually looking and saying, this is God telling me that I have received them. I have received them. Who are you to reject them? Children of God, it is very important for us to know that Partiality started ever before our generation in the church. If there was no partiality so glaring in the first church, James would not have devoted time to, to write what he wrote. It's a problem that we are facing. A lot of churches are facing this you can see it, you can hold on it, partiality. How could somebody see you and uh, see the way you are dressed and then take your Bible, get your Bible from you and take you to the front and others will be set it at the back? It's partiality. I'm told about the church. It's a Pentecostal church. You can go to the ushers and say, What should I give? To be seated in a prominent place. We need to be very careful. Do we deal impartiality with members of Equi Baptist Church? Are we biased on how we look at some members? Or some people generally. I read a story concerning um, a woman. She was a teacher. And um, I think actually she was teaching uh, geography. And um, geography is one of the topics I and mean, stuff sub subjects that they don't like at all in America. And uh, in order for, for her to actually be well groomed, she decided to go and use a holiday to travel to some places to really have a feel of it. And as she was traveling with a caravan um, tied to the truck that she was driving, she had a problem with the truck. The water hose got torn, and um, of course. And then as the, the busy road, the people were just flying around, boom, 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 boom. Nobody waited. And then she turned around to the corner and prayed to God, Lord, send an angel to me to help me out. I am frightened. I don't even know, and I don't want darkness to come to meet me here. And guess what? An angel came. On the, mic, on, the, on the bike. Do you know what they wrote at the back of the jacket he was wearing? 
hell's angel <laughs> and the man came down without seeing the woman she knew she was frightened she just went to the um the, the bonnet that was opened and looked around and you know removed the torn hose and knew that he couldn't actually fix it there he just waved down a, uh, a trailer a trailer came and uh, pulled the car to a very quiet place and there he started fixing it and after fixing it he looked at the woman and said I know that you are still frightened I am an angel you know and jumped on the bike and drove off and the woman was still Lord I prayed for an angel an angel came but it was hell's <laughs> the thing that is there is this you know when God will help send help to you you can never know the person that you resist that you actually do not want to even talk to may be the one that will do you a big favor in life a life-saving favor how do you see less privileged fellows do you believe in uh-huh do you believe in what you call homogeneous unit church pastor have you heard about homogeneous unit church do you believe in a church where the birds of the feather must flock together rich people should actually have their church so they can invite more rich people to their, to their church poor people should stay in poor church so they can invite people of their kind Yoruba should stay in the Yoruba church so they can invite you know that is not the will of God that is not the will of God can remember very well that there was a time when the WMU will have been scattered by wanting to divide the rich women aside and then the less privileged aside so they can actually fit in properly there is not a church let's come now to families that we know in the bible who really practiced favoritism can you mention one huh joseph okay now it's not joseph that practiced it it's jacob isaac first practiced it they had twins and rebecca took one and isaac took the other Huh? Of course, you know how wonderfully skilled women are. The one that chose that is on the side of the woman won. But you know what? When you read it, you will see that it brought a loss to that family. I wonder where Jacob was when Rebecca died. In fact, he was not around when. Esau, sorry, when, when um, I, Isaac died too, 
Because he fled. And did not come back until after many years, 20 something years. Imagine. And again, Jacob himself practiced it. Twelve sons. Just one. And that one was not the last man, you know. Sometimes we say that we, we give preference to the last born because, um, you know, is a, uh, the, 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 the child of our old age. Well, it was mentioned about jo- uh, Jacob and Joseph there. But he wasn't the last one. was older than Je- Benjamin. But somehow, Jacob had Joseph as his favorite. To the point that the Bible says that he will sow for him clothes of many colors. Wow. When it comes around like that, everything shines. Whereas the others will be wearing um, colorless apparel. You know, what about Alkena? Alkena. Did he practice favoritism? Yes. First Samuel 1 5 tells us that he will give Hannah double what he had given Penny what? Uh, Penina. He will give double. Why won't why will you think Penina will now keep short they are wives together to Alkena why would will he prefer the other one oh because the other children had gotten something again huh? is that do they deserve it that alone is enough to cause enmity we see that um Parents who practice favoritism, you are just destroying your home. You are destroying your home because you are dividing the children. And the division may not in any way be mended. Then you are the one losing because you have concentrated on a particular child as against the other children. And you can never know what they will amount to in future. But thanks be to God Almighty because if not for Christ that may be in that child, that child may not actually see you at your old age because you separated him or her. I pray that I'm talking to somebody today. And again, we see that we may actually bring lasting guilt to ourselves. A lasting guilt. When we have done someone so wickedly, why is it that out of all our children, it is a particular one that you send errands that are dirty? When I mean dirty, I'm talking about uh, go wash this. Uh, go clean the toilet. It's a particular person. 
And he's looking and saying, ah, I always clean the toilet. When that one always goes to the room to get the post for, the, for my father. Let's be careful. And again, in the children, we see that we destroy a lot of um, their self-esteem. And um, we cause disunity amongst them. And we see also that uh, we teach them a wrong lesson that the Bible has want us not to practice. And of course, you know, things like that can become a vicious circle. Someone has learned about favoritism and therefore because it worked for him, because he was a beneficiary of that particular favoritism, he too will go ahead and do the same thing in his family. We need to be very careful. Now, church, is it possible, is it possible to actually do things equitably? To have four children and to love them the same way? Is it possible? Yes, it is. It is possible. But it takes the grace of God. Because there may be a particular one that, you know, needs more attention, not because it's actually a delight to you, but it's causing you pain. And therefore, you concentrate more to bring that person to the fold for him to know that he is loved too or she is loved too. And I believe that others will understand that if you explain it to them properly. Let's see quickly some passages in the scriptures. Um, Deuteronomy that, uh, chapter 21, Deuteronomy 21, 15 and 16. If a man has two wives, I know that you must not have two wives. So, huh? Okay? But see what the Bible actually says concerning the fact that you are in the family. If a man has two wives, one loved and the other one, the other unloved, and they have borne him children, both the loved and the unloved. And if the firstborn, if the firstborn son is of, the, uh, of her who is unloved, then it shall be on the day he bequeaths his possessions on his sons that he must not bestow firstborn status on the son of the loved wife in preference to the son of the unloved. The, uh, the true firstborn. Why is this? Because you know, you don't want to create war after you might have gone. No, that's uh, that, that, okay. Yeah, that's it. And then um, 1619, Deuteronomy 1619. Quickly. You shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality. Nor take a bribe 
For a bride blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the woods of the righteous. Let me give you a story of um, something that happened in our convention. And I thank God because the, 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 the wonderful um, papas that actually had this happen to told the story. There were two parties who actually were not in talking terms. And they had to go there in order to reconcile the situation. They got to the first one and he just welcomed them. He did not even say, ah, may I serve you water to drink and cool down? Huh? And they stayed there and they, they, they did greeted him and after a while they got up and uh, left. And lo and behold, they got to the second one. True story. They got to the second one. And the second one said, ah, please sit down. My wife has cooked for you. Huh? Catfish, this, this, and so on and so forth. They sat down, they ate, they were sweating. And after they finished eating, they said, Aha, we have eaten fish. Oh. It's now time for us to do what? To tell the truth. How would the fish not turn justice around? The thing about it is this, huh? Don't accept bribe. Could we say that the, 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 the welcoming and um, the reception that they received actually was a bribe? It could be. It could be. I would like for us to read um, a particular one. Proverbs 24-23. Proverbs 24-23. These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to show partiality in judgment. Good for the wise, to the wise. It belongs to the wise. And then um, Job 34.19. Job 34.19. Yet he is not partial to princes, nor does he regard the rich more than the poor. For they are all the work of his what? Of his hands. That is God for you. That is God. They are the works of his hands. If God will see me and say that he will make me a son because of faith in Jesus Christ, then I know that indeed this God must be so wonderful, better than what I can ever, ever expect, or should I say, imagine. Malachi 2.9, that's the last one that we'll read together. Malachi 2.9, therefore, I also have made you contemptible and base because, uh, before all the people, because you have not kept my ways but have shown partiality in the law. If anybody comes to you in order to mediate, in order to settle some differences, I pray you remember this passage very well. The person in question may be a very close person to you, while the other is not that close. I pray that you remember this. Always know that 
to settle differences. When they see that you are very honest, when they see that you are very plain and you have actually brought whatever is wrong from one side and from the other side, they will look at you and appreciate you for it. They may not be very happy. One may not be very happy with you, but at the long run, will come to understand. I pray, I pray sincerely that we'll try all we can under God not to show partiality in our home, in the church of God, in our office, and anywhere else. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name.